0: This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I'll tell you, of all the uh, subjects that we covered in the last few weeks, one of, one of them that uh, got the most amount of attention was this proposal out of Nantucket to permit topless beaches. I was shocked at the diversity of opinion on this subject. And the fact that everybody seemed to have an opinion or at least be interested in it. Well, very fortunate to be joined uh, by the person that started this whole uh, movement in Nantucket, Dorothy Stover, who is a sex educator and a seventh generation Nantucketer. She also happens to be the host of a podcast called um, Nantucket After Dark. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me on the radio, Dorothy.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So uh, I'm only half-joking when I ask this question. Did you choose to become a sex educator because of all the dirty limericks about Nantucket?
1: (laughs) I love that. No, um, I chose to become a sex educator. um, Well, I mean, the seed was planted when I was in my 20s. I wanted to, you know, I I just love talking about sex, and Um, But then it solidified when my grandmother was going through a lot of challenges um, uh, when it came to just her, um, well, for her OGBYN appointments that I would take her to, um, she had some challenges. So it really solidified a lot of things that we don't talk about. So I wanted to make sure Mm. I was on the forefront to talk about these things that maybe have nothing to do with Sexual activity, but has to do with just our everyday life. Yeah,
0: well, that's great. Good. For, what, what kind of work were you in before that?
1: I was a matchmaker and love coach.
0: Oh, so you're, you've always been in the field of of romance and and sex and sexuality and things like that.
1: I have. Yes, it's been it's been fun.
0: There you go. I can imagine. Um, what exactly does it mean, as you define it anyway, to be a, a sex educator?
1: Wow. Yes. So for me, I specialize in combining um, pleasure and combining God. So I infuse both sex and, and spirit. Hmm. And so what that means is to um, I call in God into the bedroom and for people, whether they are th- themselves or a couple, um, to be able to connect with God through pleasure and heal themselves and activate um, their best self.
0: And, uh, well, that's interesting. When I first learned about what's happening in Nantucket in the Wall Street Journal story, I had a a bunch of thoughts. One of them uh, was, I thought... How great is it that uh, Nantucket, like a lot of other towns in New England, utilizes this town meeting form of government? I just love that style of direct democracy. I'm curious. uh, we'll, We'll get to the proposal for the beaches in just a moment. But in general, having lived in Nantucket for a while and having family in Nantucket for a while, how do you feel about that town hall meeting style of government, which is so big up there?
1: I think that's been the best part of this whole experience is the true democracy, right? Like we're putting the hands, we're putting power in the hands of the many. And so Nantucket has that, that, a beautiful tradition, which a lot of towns have gotten rid of. Um, And so, yeah, I just love town meeting. I think it, it can be tedious and, but that's part of um, the responsibility.
0: I think it's great. I wish every town would have something like this.
1: I know.
0: Yes. All right, so tell us about your proposal to um, allow beaches in Nantucket to be topless. What motivated you to do this? Why is this so important to you?
1: Yeah, so a few years ago, I saw this. The seed was planted a few years ago when I saw this um, cartoon that was of a man and a woman, both topless. And they had the same exact body. And he said, Helen, how indecent of you. And so that is that plant of the seed that it really made me think, right, they have the same body, and, but they're not able to be um, topless. And when I was at the beach last summer, I was laying out and I had this moment where I just wanted to take my top off and lay out in the sun. And I realized I couldn't. And I was looking around the beach. And I'm like, wait, there are men that have bigger breasts than I do. Why am I not able to do this? And as a sex educator, um, I know that breasts have, both men and women's chests have mammary glands, have nipples, have um, breast gland tissue. So they're, they're pretty much the same. So when it comes down to it, it's like, wait, why is a man not able to be topless? But I am. And as I researched, I realized there was so much more um, to the history of bathing suits and, and bathing in general, which was very fascinating.
0: You know, I know this has been litigated in New York and a bunch of other states, but what is the law in most states regarding, um, for lack of a better description, nipple equity, allowing men and women to uh, both walk around openly without a top?
1: Yes, there's definitely states where it's, it's all public places you can have top freedom. Um, and I know in the town of Austin, Texas, you're able to have top freedom. In Massachusetts, it's a you're not able to have that. You have a $300 fine as well as a possible three-year sentence and being on the um, sex offender list.
0: Oh, sex offender list. Really? That's... Uh... Yes. That's something. uh, Okay, so you proposed this article, and if people just tuning in, we're talking with Dorothy Stover. Uh, She is a uh, a sex educator and seventh-generation Nantucketer, also the host of uh, the podcast Nantucket After Dark. You proposed uh, this article— and ultimately, the it was a very contentious meeting, probably one of the more uh, passionate meetings on both sides of the issue that this town hall council has had in a while. But ultimately, the, the town hall meeting chose to adopt your article, right? Correct, yeah. So what happens next?
1: Right now, the article is at the um, state level. So from there, um, Governor Healy will... Um, use her team and talk with her team and go through and see if this is constitutional or unconstitutional. And currently the law is unconstitutional. So I would think that she would be going with what the town is looking to implement.
0: Interesting. Okay. well, but so Nantucket is in is in Massachusetts, right? Correct. Yes. But the the governor of Massachusetts is, is I was I thought Charlie Baker.
1: Oh did I get that it's um Governor Healy. Did I say it wrong? Maybe she's running for governor.
0: I I see. Please. Oh I, I oh I think she's the attorney general there.
1: The attorney, thank you so much for correcting me. I
0: appreciate it. Okay. No, no, I I didn't mean to correct. It was just my own confusion uh, of who's who in Massachusetts. That's what I get for being a a lifelong New Yorker. Now, when we talked about your proposal on this show, so do you have any idea of what the timetable is for the attorney general to approve or disapprove this article that was adopted by the town meeting? It's three months,
1: 90 days from when it was submitted. And so I believe it was submitted at the end of May. And then, so I believe she has until August or September. So about that, about that range.
0: Okay, got it. So uh, by the fall, more or less, that's when we get... When we talked about this uh, previously on air, a lot of callers, I'd say the consensus position was that it's fine to have a certain section of the beach where women could go topless, but uh, ma- people should be able to choose that sort of a, a thing rather than have have it surprise them, especially if they're there with families. What Under your proposal, if it's adopted and approved by the Attorney General, would it be the whole beach or would it be certain sections of the beach?
1: It would be the whole beach. When I spoke with town council... Um, we, we spoke about this, and, and we spoke in length and realized if we still had think maybe sections of the beach that women could be topless, that would still not be equality, and that would still be, you know, so it wouldn't be equality, and so we ultimately decided it would be, or ultimately he advised me, and or the discussion led to that to stay with equality and have all beaches be topless.
0: Now, what top if, optional top optional, Right. So it's not mandated that you have to take your top off, but right. you have the option. <laughs> Got it. So um, what if parents uh, aren't yet ready to have conversations with their, say, younger children about nudity, particularly if it's a nudity of the the opposite gender? What do you say to folks that that had concerns or may have concerns about that?
1: Yes, I've had people reach out and. Being topless isn't nude. Um, nudity is the genitalia. And so when it comes to if you if there is a parent that feels uncomfortable having that conversation, I completely understand that. There are many conversations with, with children that I'm sure parents are very uncomfortable with having. Um, so that is taking it in their own time. Um, there are parents that there's something happening in the streets and they're like, I'll tell you when you're older. So it it is really up to the parents when they discuss. Maybe it is the situation where they say, I'll tell you when you're older. But most parents that I have come in contact with just say those are breasts. And most children already know. Um, Most children are breastfed. Most children, that's where their comfort comes from. Um, So most children already know or on some degree.
0: One of the things that uh, I saw was raised in the town hall meeting was – a a concern about who might end up coming and not coming to Nantucket if this were to be adopted. Uh, Nantucket has a, a long history as uh, I, I think largely a, a, a family community that has preserved a lot of its history. You've been there for a long time. I think you could speak to it better than me. What if this proposal, uh, understanding everything that you're saying about equity, about fairness, about um, breasts not really being reflective of nudity, what if this proposal, once it's implemented, ends up changing the kind of folks that want to live in or visit Nantucket? Maybe folks that don't want to see women's breasts on a beach wouldn't go there, and instead it would attract a, a wilder college crowd, for instance.
1: Right, I'm not sure. I mean, the college crowd tends to come Memorial Day weekend, and so the island is still expensive. Um, it's it's definitely it, it'll always have this um, community feel to it and and for sure, um I've had people who've reached out that are like, this is actually supportive of my family. So island families that are in support of this, um other people that have been coming to the island for you know, 30 years, they're like, this is supportive of my family. So I think there's already people here and c- people that also visit the island that this is very supportive of. And so, I, I don't necessarily see this being a big change. It's something that I've actually just learned people have been doing all over the island. It's just not
0: legal. Hmm. Hmm. Do Do you think that uh, people in general are, and Nantucketers specifically, Do you think they tend to be a little too uptight about seeing women's breasts?
1: No, we're definitely a different, you know, being on an island, we're very different. And and we have that history of being different. And so, I mean, in the 70s, we were a bunch of artists. You know, there was a big artist community and there still is. So we're, yeah, I would not say we're uptight about it.
0: Um, what do other communities like Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard do on their beaches?
1: I think there are a couple of beaches where there's relaxed um, understanding when it comes to the beaches on the Cape. Um, I've definitely had some people who have reached out from the Cape that love this and are looking if this passes that they would like to implement it on their beaches.
0: And let's say the attorney general does rule that this is unconstitutional and they don't allow the Nantucket uh, article that you've proposed to be implemented. What's then the next step for you in your mission to allow topless optional beach bathing, or uh, sunbathing in Nantucket?
1: If this passes, is that, did I hear you correctly? No,
0: if the attorney general doesn't allow it to pass.
1: Ah, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time, so I haven't got that far. <laughs> um, it, I'm, yeah, just taking it as it comes, so, so I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't gone that far.
0: All right, and in general, on your podcast, uh, Nantucket After Dark, what uh, what kind of issues do you cover generally, if people want to listen?
1: Yes, so we connect God and Spirit, and we also discuss Um, Anything, anything on the spectrum of sex and relationships with spirit in the mix.
0: Um, And, uh, you know, what you mentioned, your experience with your with your grandparent, it's you know, there's been a whole bunch of articles that have been well documented about in part because of um, the graying of America, in part because of uh, performance enhancing drugs like uh, Viagra and Cialis, that there's been an uptick in the number of senior citizens that are remaining sexually active later in life. Is that your experience based on your research?
1: On research, for sure. Um, There's. And that's, I think, uh, our society seems to think that sex stops at a certain age, and actually, it can become this beautiful, um, beautiful experience for people well, well into their hundreds. So, you, you can still be active, for sure.
0: Into their hundreds? Wow. I have,
1: yes, I've, I've, I've definitely seen some, some information. So it's, I think, yes, you can have a sex life um, in your adult life at any age.
0: Um, one of the things that we've also talked a little bit on, on the radio about is a budding movement, both in this country and in Canada, towards uh, polyamory or polyamorous relationships. There's a lot of TV shows, uh, that, both reality shows and scripted shows, that deal with this. Are, is that something you're noticing, um, more people shying away from monogamy and more towards polyamory?
1: I am seeing that, actually. I find it fascinating um, and I'm definitely have some, I'm definitely someone who believes people should love freely and be in relationships and how that ever, how that looks for them. Um, so giving people freedom to be who they are in, in whatever capacity.
0: Um, well, that's certainly, it's certainly interesting. What, what do you think that's about? Why, why do you think there's a movement towards polyamory? I
1: think there's the movement towards polyamory because there for so long, there's been an expectation that our significant other should be everything to us mm. and we should be everything to our significant other. And this just isn't true. We, um, there are different parts of relationships that where you could potentially find someone that is a better match, but yet you maybe have a partner that's a different match in and in another area. So I do believe that people are looking to not necessarily put so much pressure on their part, their partner, but to have um, love and experience love in different ways. And that doesn't necessarily include sexual activity. So hmm. uh, we can have love in different
0: ways. Yeah, uh, Dorothy, let me uh, end with this, uh, m- which I think will take into account your experience as a matchmaker and your experience now as a, uh, a sex educator and a podcast host that deals with some of these relationship issues. If people are um, not in a relationship currently, but they'd like, they'd like to be, let's say they're dating, let's say they've just gotten out of a long-term relationship Give folks, be they male or female, um, you know, uh, gay or straight, give folks an idea of uh, one pro tip that they can use to woo someone that they're trying to court. Give uh, What's a common mistake people make that you can help them avoid?
1: The most common, well, I can tell you the, what people are looking for. Every, every single person when I was matchmaking was looking for the same thing, and that was someone comfortable in their own skin. So if you are comfortable with yourself and you love yourself, that's really going to shine through when you're on a date. And that's – dating is a weeding out process. So it's not something where you're looking to snag somebody. You're looking to be your true self, and you want to make sure you're with someone who's their true self. Mm. So it's weeding things out.
0: That's certainly good advice uh, when it comes to dating or anything else. Dorothy Stover, uh, thanks for getting up early for us. Uh, Good luck with what, what you're doing up there. Please keep us posted on how things are unfolding.
1: Thank you so much, and thank you so much for
0: having me. Thank I you. It. Uh, our pleasure. If anyone wants to comment on uh, any portion of our conversation, we're going to do fifteen seconds of fame next. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We have one, two, three open lines, and you could comment on anything you like for fifteen seconds. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Straight ahead. The other side of midnight. midnight.